All right, so welcome to another episode of Behind the Rise Podcast. We got Dr. D. If you're looking to optimize your testosterone, where does testosterone come from? One in 10 cancers is actually genetic. Of those nine, 70% come from food. Think that's any healthier than, than the other stuff? No, no, it's just better market. Go for non-processed foods. Go for farm fresh foods, whole foods, you know. They're neutering. All right, so welcome to another episode of Behind the Rise podcast. We have a very, very special guest all the way from Miami, zooming in here. We got Dr. D, Marcus, Marcos D'Andrade, uh, CEO of Biohacks. Uh, Biohacks is a company. They're an age reversal and performance company helping humans become limitless. And Dr. D is, I heard him speak and it literally blew my mind, a lot of the stuff he was saying. We're super pumped to have him on this on the show. He works with the 1% of the 1% in the United States and probably around the world too. We'll get into it. But he's helping everybody with longevity and really like biohacking, you know, to become their best self. So, Dr. D, welcome to the show. We're pumped to have you. Bro, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, yeah, let's crush it today. Yeah, so, so Doc, so let's get into kind of how you got into this field, right? And then we'll get into a little bit more about what it is exactly that you do. But what made you get, how long you've been doing it? How, you know, what made you want to get into it? Tell us a little bit about your background. For sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I had multiple, um, you know, the, let's say the road turned for me a few times. You know, but I've always stuck to health. I've always loved health. You know, growing up, you know, I, I first I started working out when I was like 12 years old because, you know, I was a chubby kid. And then I started liking the body, right? I was like, oh, I started getting into fitness, started getting my little six pack and so forth. And then, and then I became a lifeguard and I uh, uh, saved somebody when I was around like uh, around 19. And I was like, wow, this is cool. I'm like, this is really cool. I, you know, saved somebody in the ocean. It was like this Baywatch scene. I was like, oh, it was like super cool. I was, it was, it was life changing. And I was like, you know what? I want more of that. But I'm like, I didn't want to be a lifeguard though. So, <laughs> uh, and I started getting really interested in biology and so forth. So I ended up telling myself I was going to go to medical school. And then fast forward, you know, a lot of library years, like 10 to 30, from 20 to 30, I just, I didn't have a life, lived in the library. And, um, and then at 30, I finally go to the, I'm working at the hospital that I've always dreamed of being at, which was Cleveland Clinic here in, uh, close to Miami and so forth. And then I get diagnosed with depression. Um, mind you, that didn't just come out of the blue. I just, you know, I started feeling like at 28 and a half, let's say, started feeling weird, like losing my pep, no energy, like focus, just off, man. Even like, you know, sex drive, everything was just like. I don't know. It wasn't just, you know, the, that, that fun, resilient kid and so forth. And, and uh, ultimately, my own colleagues, they're like, bro, you, you got depression, bro. Just take the pills. And I was like, no way. And that's when I quit medicine, went to business school. I dropped out. I was in my first year of post-training after med school. Uh, I was doing research, actually, funny enough, in metabolism. And um, um, in business school, I was like, bro, I got to figure this out. I was feeling terrible. And I started studying biochemistry. I went back to the basics. I went back to biology and so forth. And then I fell into the world that I'm in today, which is a mix of functional medicine with orthomolecular, with holistic, with regenerative. I fell into this world of high performance and longevity. And, you know, here we are today. 
I was my own first uh, project, you know, patient number one. I feel, I feel like that happens to so many people. I don't know if it's men or women, if there's a difference, but that exact scenario happened to me at like 28 and a half, 29. Mm-hmm. I just like couldn't, you know, I started getting more anxious. I started to get a little more down on myself, started to get a little more self-doubt and just, I, and it, and it kind of happened out of nowhere. Hmm. You know, I'm not sure if anyone else kind of deal with that, but that story kind of hit with me. I was like, oh, wait a minute. That happened to me. Uh, very, very similarly. It happened actually to a couple of my friends too. It's like once you hit that 28, 29, 30, 31 years old, I'm not sure if anything like happens to your body. Like, why do you think that is? Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm salivating to like get you go on an answer on that. So the thing, I mean, look around you. Like, if you start taking inventory on the amount of poison you're going to consume today that you're going to get hit with, oh, he's conspiratorial and so. No, I'm not being conspiratorial. This is fact. You know, the, the, the stuff that we don't go look into, you know, if you if you if you go to the United States toxic inventory uh, um, and you see all the chemicals that are there and you see the ones that there's studies for and the ones that there's not, no studies for. Right. If, if my memory isn't jogging me, there's only about there's about 40,000 chemicals in the United States toxic inventory. And there's only about studies for about 3000. So but they're ubiquitous. They're all over society. They're in our foods. They're all over the place. And these are literally called, there's a group of them, they're called endocrine disruptors. They disrupt your hormonal system. So that's why guys like us and women too, so men and women, all of a sudden you start to lose you know, the pep in your step. You start to lose like your chemical footprint because there is a castration around us all day. They are literally castrating us with the chemicals in the environment and this thing needs to stop. So yeah, at, there's a certain age group where people start to feel it, right? And that's why the old timers, our dads, our grandparents, our great grandparents, those guys were constructed in a way different, you know, uh, in a way different manner than we are, you know? So it is a thing. It's not a figment of the imagination. It is a thing. And that's kind of the age group that people are starting to feel it more and more. And it's going to get younger, the younger and younger population. I mean, and I'll just finish with this. In Japan, you have, um, what is it called? Celibacy syndrome. Like, young dudes don't want to have sex. Like, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, celibacy, celibacy syndrome. Like, it, it's bad. It's bad. That's bizarre. So, like, <laughs> all these toxins are around us, right? And I, and I heard you speak about this the last time, too, in Miami. And, I was in, it's like everything is around us everywhere you go. Right, like the water that we're showering in, the the food that we're eating, the air that we're breathing, water like, that you're drinking. The, yeah, the water that you're drinking. Like, how do you avoid that? As like a, is there any way to avoid it, or is it about like supplementation and doing what you can to, you know, uh, you know, help fight against all these things that are coming at us in different directions? Bro, you're gonna number one. You're gonna go try to decrease it. That's number one. You're not, you know, living in the cement jungles that we live in. You know, you guys up in Boston, me down here, you're not going to be free of it every day. You, you're going to wake up every day and you're going to think, okay, I'm going to get hit with my daily dose of toxicity. How do I avoid as much as possible, right? And it's simple. Like when you, when you go look over your food, just take an inventory for a second. What am I eating? Where did it come from? Right? Like I got a guy that makes the, my meals and so forth, but it's like, no, dude, I want to know where you bought this chicken. Was this bought in a farm? Was this bought, you know, like, I, I, yeah, I'm that guy. You know, unfortunately, I didn't, you know, like, so there's people that go to 
big extents, you know, I, I, I know other doctors, I know actually a really big name doctor, I mean, he, he goes to speak, he takes like his, all, he cooks, he, he does not eat out, he does not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go to that extent, but then you ask yourself, okay, I've done everything I can to avoid it, you're going to find your comfort zone, like I, I'm not going to stop going to restaurants, I'm not going to stop, I'm going to live my life, right, um, but then, you know, how does your pantry look like? How does the, your cookware, like, are you, you know, one example I love is like, are you cooking on Teflon, right? Don't cook on Teflon, right? Things like that. Little things that you can do so much for you and your kids and your family. But then it's like, what can I do, which you just hit on supplementation? What can I do to reverse engineer this, reverse the damage? Because the body is resilient and the body can heal itself, right? So yeah, I'm getting hit with a certain amount of damage that I want to minimize. Now... Is there anything that I could do to reverse it? Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. Especially, so your detoxification pathways, like in your liver does about 60% of your detoxification and glucuronidation and all these other different metabolic processes in your liver, they depend on, on vitamins, minerals, the glutathione, etc. All these people doing all these crazy detoxes and so forth, but the detox, like it's a, it's a chemical pathway that needs to be satisfied with resources of which are vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. If you don't supplement nowadays, you're, you're just losing. You're like nuts if you're not supplementing, you're losing. So yeah, it would be short answer, decrease toxicity as much as you can, your toxic load on a daily basis, and use alternative strategies to reverse engineer. Obviously, I'll stop here because I can go talk about hyperbaric, red light bed, like a bunch of peptides, stem cells, plasma freezes, there's a bunch of things, but yeah, there's a bunch of different strategies for that. Yeah. And one thing I heard you say before that like stuck out, I mean, I think it's like a stat we want to touch on here that, that ties into this pro, uh, to this topic is I think you said in like the 1920s and 30s, like the chances of you getting cancer were like three out of 10 people. And then right now it's like nine out of 10 or eight out of 10. And then in the next couple of years, it's going to be 10 out of 10. Yeah, is that I mean, is that a fact? So, so re recent studies, uh, like 19, uh, 19, 2015, 2016 show that one, um, one in every three men will get cancer and one in, sorry, one in every two men will get cancer. One in every three women will get cancer. So, uh, some form of cancer. So yeah, it's, it's getting a lot worse, you know? Um, and if you just, again, don't believe a word I'm saying. I always say this, you know, like, and use your logic and use common sense. You know, you could go to, you can Google like cancer map, right? If you look geographically where there's more different types of cancers, you'll see it, it matches where there's more in industry, right? Like certain places in Africa. Yeah, well, sure. They might be dying of hunger, dying of this and dying of that, but the cancer incidence and prevalence is lower. And then if you go back in history, these diseases that we have, which I'm going to change the name from diseases and you know cancers and autoimmunes i'm going to say these physical aberrations that's really what it is it's this crazy thing bro there's i mean like there's these tumors are crazy like you you like there's a type of there's a tumor called a teratoma you literally find teeth and hair inside the tumor it's like it's, it's nutty it's like it's crazy oh wow yeah, yeah it's called yeah um so these aberrations years ago many of them didn't exist like not even close to the level we have here or the incidence and prevalence of heart attacks, like 200 years, not even 200 years ago, 150 years ago. Like, we, this is not what we're doing to our, all these new technologies, but we're like cooking ourselves into problems, which 
you know, we're desensitized to that. It seems like technology is advancing, but I don't know about that. <laughs> so it seems like a lot of this has to do with the food that we're eating, right? Mm -hmm. That seems to be like a, a big source of this issue, right? Where like the, the food table, whatever, changed back in, in like the 40s or whatever, where it's, you know, they, they're not prioritizing like healthy fats, uh, beef, you know, like all that stuff. And they want, you know, cereal, breads, all You know, that the new food chain that said Lucky Charms was healthier than like a steak or something. No. I mean, it, it, cl it, it clearly is showing, you know, I don't know if it's like the government is trying to do it, but it just... It seems like something's not catching up. You know, like the hospital system is still choosing to be uh, non-preventative. It's like after the Mavs, someone's sick, they're giving them something. But no one is actually thinking of preventative besides the functional health space and the guys like Dr. D. And I feel like the guys like Dr. D in the functional health space, that is the future. Like that oh. is what's going to help people be preventative rather than, oh, shit, I have cancer. Now what? Right. It's like, wait, I don't want cancer. I don't want to get it to begin I don't want, with. I, I don't want to prevent it. I don't want diabetes. Like, why are we even getting there? And it's because, you know, you look at our, our like you, you mentioned, uh, like Monsanto and Teflon and all these shit. They're spraying all our crops with all this shit. I'm sure Dr. D could talk about that for fucking hours, but it's crazy. And then we're just turning a blind eye and it's, it's out of control. I don't know what's going to stop it. I mean, Dr. D, what, what do you think? Like, is anyone, is there a stop to this shit with the food and the, and the pesticides and all that? So, so let's do some root cause. Let's do some root cause analysis, right? When we want to know where there's a problem. So let's go down to the root. Um, because in my space, they love, you know, very superficial conversations. You know, what chemical, you know, is causing the problem and what this and what that. No, no, let's go down to the root cause. Let's go down to the narrative on our planet that's inculcated in our TV, in our brains, but through TV, through music industry, through... Where's all this? Because if you, you know, it seems like there's a common narrative going on. So if you could do this, you could go to Yahoo Finance, go to Yahoo Finance, uh, and you start seeing who owns which company, right? So you look at Nabisco, and you go see who, Nabisco, you know, and then you're going to end up some, somewhere at Procter Gamble. And then you keep going up and keep going up and keep going up, and you're going to see your fast food, da 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 da. It's, you start to see it funnels and funnels and funnels and funnels and funnels and funnels. Um, most of these companies, including your rooters, you know, your media companies, your food companies, and so forth, about, uh, I'm not sure if it's yet at 70%, but it's around like 60 something percent. Most of them are owned by Vanguard. And um, then you can't really see who owns them. Don't, you, don't take a don't believe what I'm saying. Go to Yahoo Finance and start playing with the, just do the, go to the search bar there and you can start playing with this. And, um, and then the other ones, um, I can't remember if it's Blackstone or Blackrock. I always mix up those two names. So yep. um, when you look into this, like, hmm, okay, there's a common narrative here. And one feeds the other, right? Watch this. FDA, which regulates our foods and our medications, which makes no sense to me because you eat their foods, you take their drugs. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So there's a common narrative. So it's not, you know, they know. It's not It's not a case of, it's like, come on, let, no, no, no. <laughs> you know what you're doing, right? You know what you're doing, you know? So it, it, it comes a point where you have to take personal responsibility mm -hmm. for your health, your family's health, um, and, and if you don't program your mind, someone will program your mind. 
You see what I'm saying? So yeah. um, not trying to get like to be conspiratorial. And then you could, if you start to break down every company, I'm going to give you an example of one company, right? And I'm just talking off the top of my head here. Like I could go eons <laughs> talking about this stuff. But 1915, right? Um, we've had heart attacks before, right? Even like old ancient uh, books talk about, you know, Bibles, you know, talks about like people having chest pain and this and this and that. We don't know exactly what kinds of heart attacks and so forth. But the specific one that, you know, ASCVD, atherosclerotic coronary vascular disease, which is plaque inside your coronaries that causes you to have a heart attack and so forth. Number one killer right now, according to the World Health, Org World Health Organization. Number two is cancer. Number three is actually medical error, funny enough. Um, so in 1915 is when we started to document more of these heart attacks in the United States. In 1911, in 1911, okay, we had our, the, a, a very special company to be instituted in the United States and that's called Crisco. And that, you know, and that's where the shortening and those bad oils and so forth started to come around, right? I don't remember off the top of my head somewhere. 19 change, 1920, 1930, here comes, you know, uh, food pyramid and all that stuff and we start changing things around. Um, so there's, it, it, it's all too connected. It's all too connected, you know? So um, what we do is, you know, taking taking uh, health to a different level and, and I'll wrap up with this part. It, even the guys in MySpace, there's no formal training for what we were doing in MySpace. And that's what sucks because I do see other professionals trying to get into the space or even getting into the space and doing things a little like off. I do see players coming into the space. You know, there's like a bigger movement of people telling, telling you like, hey, I know when you're going to die with these epigenetic tests. It's like, no, stop. Don't do that. That's not right. There's no such thing as that. So um, it is something that needs to get more organized. Our space definitely needs to get more organized. And I plan on doing something about that. I love, I mean, I love it because it's, it's the future. Like I, I almost want to tell every single person that they need someone like a Dr. D in their life. Like you need to find a functional medicine person or someone in the longevity space to analyze what's going on in your body and supplement based on deficiencies and all the stuff that you talk about. Um, but before we go too down that rabbit hole, cause we can talk about that like forever. I'm curious to, when you, when you were in college, I mean, when you went to medical school and you decided to start the business like give, give us some the story how that actually happened like what was your first client what was the story of like okay i'm going to do this business this is the space i want to be in and then how did you grow from there because obviously now you 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 know you have a, an amazing name an amazing reputation and, and service some amazing people but there had to be steps to get there so i'm kind of curious how that how that story lined up <laughs> i'm still trying to understand how that happened myself <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> um you know god's good man because like you, when you when you go with like your blinders on and you just go serve with passion and and uh, I'm, and I'm not saying like I I I I love money I love you know doctors don't like talking about money and sales and so forth etc I don't have an issue with that because I'll always provide value to people but I didn't really do it on the side like on that to to create oh let me go create you know wealth or any I, not at all. Um, I'm the underdog, you know, and, and I, I went to medical school overseas, you know, I went to undergrad here in the U.S., but um, my GPA wasn't the best, I had like a 3.2 or 3.3 or whatever, so I went to an American program overseas, so just right there, you know, like it was just, you know, I, I'm not the Harvard, you know, summa cum laude, no, I'm not that guy, but I am the guy in med school that probably graduated with the most street smarts, you know, just, you know, think outside mm -hmm. the box. 
because the more indoctrinated and more you know uh, titles you see on a doctor today, that just means he's he has you know that he's following that system. He's following that you know uh, what we learn just exclusively in medical school and doesn't think outside the box. So um, I um, you know it, it, in the process of me wanting to feel better, I I started doing this stuff for myself. And um, I actually had a seminars company. I had nothing to do with something completely different from what I do today. And um, doing the seminars, I was doing seminars to guys in corporate wellness. Uh, I would go to companies and do seminars. And, you know, and I'm talking to guys in like our age group or a little younger, a little older. And I'm noticing these guys, you know, at the end of the seminar, they're coming up and asking me questions and so forth. I'm like, bro, you're complaining the same stuff over and over, over and over. So, you know, I just started like, hey, I can help you. Oh, and I can help you. And then I paired up with um, a doc, uh, a friend of mine, and we started, he, you know, he became medical director here, et cetera, and, uh, which is still here today, Dr. Richard Silva. And um, we just started taking care of people. And then I got this little office in my buddy's physical therapy practice. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I got my first celebrity really big name guy that I had grown up listening to his music. I was like, no way. <laughs> that was super cool. <laughs> and uh, because the lady that worked for him, they started to see her like really like transform. And then all of a sudden I get a call from him and I was like, no way. So, and then just, it started, you know, from one celebrity to another. And then, you know, they were started referring and that actually made me be more quiet. I didn't want to post about it. I didn't want to you know, I, I, I really didn't want to be on the internet. I was like, I wanted to be kind of like the whispers, you know, you kind of know me or you don't. And um, now it's changing a little bit, but that's really where it started. And I'm grateful, you know, for cannot mention names at all, but uh, you could kill me yeah. and I won't say it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> some really, 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 really cool people, really cool people in, uh, in, in some interesting places that have helped us a lot. So it's been, been super cool. One thing I learned about when I when I met you in person at Zane's dinner um, was the amount of infectious passion you had for what you were doing. Truly, like you can, mm -hmm. I'm you know I've met a lot of entrepreneurs in my life, and I've met a lot of people in business, you know, throughout our careers. And just you may be the number one most passionate about what they're doing. And it, I wasn't. You probably didn't even notice. You were talking to people, and I was at another table, and I was just kind of like observing because I just I'm a, I'm one of those guys who just like observe and people watch. And it was just incredible to see how passionate he was talking to these people, like just the people around about any, they would ask him any question, open book, fire it up. Yeah. You know, some people like, oh, you got to pay me for my time. He was just firing information. And I was sitting in the corner, like taking notes on my fucking phone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's honestly, it was infectious. And it was, I was like, wow, how the hell can I have energy? And I ran up to him and I was like, dude, Dr. D, I have 333 tests. What do I, <laughs> my, my test is so low. What do I do? <laughs> Uh, you know, so it was, you know, I just wanted to give a compliment there and to give some listeners like what you are in person is exactly how you are on social media. I mean, it is very, very similar. It's, can, it's can pretty awesome honest? to see. No, I look number one, grateful, bro. Like I, it doesn't even, I don't even think about it. It's not like I'm trying to, but even talking to you guys right now, and I know you guys have your listeners, which again, I'm like crazy grateful for being on here. But it's like you guys say like one thing in regards to health and I'm like, I'm like telling my mouth to shut up. Like, you know, cause I have like I, I, it's almost like I want to get a megaphone and like talk to people about this because it's your health, your health 
it's everything to you, man. Everything. Like, you, every breath you take, every, like, negotiation you make, every thought of creativity on, on how to do your next deal, etc., is connected to your health. You know, that, like, that oomph that you feel on a day-to-day, -day, that's connected to how your neurotransmitters and your hormones and your... And it's like, if you're not taking inventory on that nowadays and you want to win, my friend, you started off losing. And you're so out of it that you don't know that health is like the first thing you have to optimize to be the number one in your field, period. And I guess that's what gets me going. And then I'm so honored to get to speak to some of the best of the best of the best of the best that I never in my wildest imagination I would have the opportunity to actually help tweak these guys. And when I see how they think, it's like, whoa, I wish I could have a camera and just be like, look at this guy, how he thinks. And that's why he's the best in the world at what he does. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I don't know, dude. I don't know how to do this in another way. It's like, I, mm, I'll die for this. I, I'm obsessed with this stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't change a thing. Yeah, exactly. Don't what, change a thing. What, what got you out of your, you know, I'll call it just like a slump, right? When you got His depression in that time. depression, like what? got you out of it did you use the same practices that you give to someone else when they come to you and say listen i'm depressed like what do i do like what was the the steps to kind of get um, you out so so i you know number one i went to you know i i was the most ignorant it's funny i had an md behind my name i was a researcher and blah 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 but i know i didn't know anything about this and and that's one thing you know listeners need to maybe categorize is when when you go to your regular doctor if he has not done any kind of studies outside of medical school and residency in regards to this everything we're talking about will sound like chinese to him and he will automatically shut it down he or she right so obviously i knew i didn't want to go talk to one of those guys because he knew as much as i did um and god forbid you go talk to a specialist because they're so specialized sometimes they're specialized in nothing they're specialized and specialized and specialized and it's like they're yeah. they don't see the body connected that's why we do dental as well like i, I think it's insane like your teeth are jesus they're so connected to the rest of your body but anyway so i went to go talk to um a doc in brazil my mom's brazilian and in brazil they're big on like holistic stuff and so forth so i i i googled like who was the best guy there whatever and i ended up with well, funny enough the guy that does like a bunch of celebrities over there uh, like impossible to get an appointment with the guy, but whatever. I got an appointment and then he looks uh, at my blood and I remember, bro, I was so anxious to get, like, see what he was going to tell me. And, I, you know, huge part of me was thinking this guy's going to be like, yeah, you have depression and so forth. But, you know, like 20% of me was thinking maybe he's going to give me another solution and he did. And, and, and that, just even remembering that, you know, makes me, like, makes me so enthusiastic to help people because I've been, you know, sat in that chair before. And, um, um, you know, this guy goes, you don't have depression. I'm like, I don't. He's like, no. And I was like, so what do I have? He's like, you have adrenal fatigue. I'm like, adrenal what? And he's like, you're burned out. Um, you know, he's like, you're, you're burned out. Like, uh, you know, and then that ties in with my story, right? Um, you know, really whatever grew up with was uh, you know considerable amount of financial difficulty sold encyclopedias door to door wouldn't sleep and da 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 and then the clean floors the construction all the whatever it, you know it was my road and i'm part I'm super proud of it but it burned me to a crisp you know like in the whole like no sleep philosophy i was a big like well, no no sleep whatever and um 
um, yeah, just hit a point where I was just like pooped. And then this guy's like, oh yeah, you have nutrient deficiency, your hormones are all upside down. And it was just provoking a bunch of other stuff. My, I mean, the guy literally put me on bioidentical cortisol uh, supplementation, which we, we do that here at the clinic. I don't know any other uh, practitioner in the United States that does that, but like I had to literally take bioidentical cortisol, not even supplement for the adrenaline. I literally had to take the bioidentical cortisol. Bro, in about like two to three months, I was like online, like 80%. And then at six months, I was feeling like myself again. I was like, no way i'm like so and that's when i started studying this stuff voraciously like i you know i was obsessed with it and um you know here in the united states we have more resources than they do in brazil with laboratories and so forth so you know then we took it to a completely different level here at bioax like very very detailed yeah so that's a little bit of how i got out of it it was thanks to another guy yeah similar similar to mine i mean i had a major panic attack uh, when I was 29, no, yes. Like two years ago, right? Yeah, 29. And, uh, you know, I, I got obsessed with like, because I always had minor anxiety, but then this like took it to another level. Like I was like all fucked up. And I started reading books and started reading about methylization cycle and started reading about cortisol and, and hormonal issues. And like, holy shit, it's not just like take this anti-anxiety and it'll go away. It's like, wait a minute, there's, there's a reason and a rationale that your body is responding this way. You know, maybe I need some methyl B to help, you know, vitamin D. There's just so much shit. And there's so much shit that people don't know. Mm-hmm. That's well, the crazy so, thing. So let me ask you, if somebody came to you that has anxiety, right? And like, h- how would you like ass- assess that person? Like, let's say, like Tino, right? Like he deals with anxiety. He had this major uh, panic attack a couple years ago and he's battled back. And right now he's, I would say like, five times, ten times better than he, than he was a couple of years ago. And that, you know, he's been doing his research. He's been really working at it. But, like, are you looking for, like, something, blood markers, something in, in the chemistry? Or is it more about, like, a therapeutic, or, yeah. you know, therapeutics uh, look at it? Yeah. Um, so this is the fun part, right? Anything I'll say here is not medical advice. Go ahead and <laughs> talk to your... <laughs> to your physician about this. Also, another disclaimer I do with, you know, anywhere I speak, I'm an MD, I went to traditional med school, I did a postgraduate year, but I dropped out of traditional medicine, as you guys just heard the story. So I did not finish my licensing process, so I'm not licensed, and I just run everything and design the protocols here at Biohacks, our clinicians do everything else. So according to our protocols here, what we would do, number one, what I like to ask is, hey, what is anxiety? You know, like, again, let's go back to the root cause, right? If if we go and take DSM-5, DSM-5 is the Bible of psychiatry, all right? It's the the psychi- psychiatrist hand, handbook. It stands for the Diagnostic Statistic Manual version number five of psychiatry. And then they have the description of anxiety, depression, ba-da-da-da-da-da, right? They tell you how to treat it and so on and so forth. But what's interesting the pathomechanism, as we say in medicine, or the pathophysiology, right, which is what is, for example, a torn ACL. That's pretty interesting. You do an MRI, it'll tell you how the percent tear, and you know the ACL is torn. What's congestive heart failure? Well, it's ejection fraction, right? Your heart can't eject more than 55%, and then you start to, you know, and so on and so forth. There's definitions, right? There, you understand the mechanism. It's like, how is that door broken? Well, it fell off the hinge. What is anxiety? I'd love for somebody to come in, you know, the chemical principle. 
And it's like, well, anxiety is di diagnosed clinically. These guys, these psychiatrists, they actually vote what is anxiety, right? They actually vote, like, for example, uh, depression, right? Depression, there's a very classic mnemonic, right? Which is sleep, dis any more of the five symptoms that I'll say in the first, uh, for, for, if you have any of the five symptoms for more than two weeks, then you have depression. Number one, the first symptom obviously is a very strong one, so which uh, that one, of course, the person would be depressed and is kind of the only one that I agree with, but is uh, suicidal uh, ideation. So somebody, obviously that's, that's yeah, you need to go see a, uh, uh, seek help immediately. But then two is sleep disturbance, loss of interest in anything, basically your daily activities, guilt, feeling guilty, lack of concentration, appetite problems, Psychomotor retardation, right, which is just laziness and, you know, just not being able to you know, kind of get up off the couch. If you have uh, five of those for the, over two weeks, then that's depression. So depression, anxiety, what I'm trying to get at, what is the chemical principle for them? Because what we do is give SSRIs, SNRIs, serotonin type medication, dopamine type medication, and so on and so forth, norepinephrine type medication. And here's the thing. There's studies, recent studies showing that serotonin is not connected to, uh, uh, or is not majorly connected to anxiety and depression as we thought. So to answer you, that is a lot more complex. And that's why when you come to biohacks, when you come here, we really break it down. So anxiety can be coming from hormones. Anxiety can be coming from neurotransmitter imbalances. So we actually measure how much serotonin, GABA, et cetera. And GABA, by the way, I just posted about it yesterday, GABA, is intimately connected with anxiety depression it doesn't get any it doesn't get any spotlight like serotonin but we all love GABA because when you take your Xanax and your Valium when you drink alcohol THC you're all turning on GABA but you're turning on super strong and it you know can provide uh, can cause addictions over it. so to answer you when somebody comes in with this symptomology we need the data we need hardcore data to see where it's coming from. And sometimes it's something simple, sometimes it's multi multifaceted, but um, multiple processes need to be adjusted. Sorry, that was a long answer, but it's hard to just say, oh, here, take a, you know, some guys in my space will be like, take a peptide. I'm like, no, peptides are like the last thing you should give a person. You fix the core problem first. I mean, it's a good answer, because it, yeah. is, it, is, it is not like a one fix all, you know? There's so many no. people say, you'll take Sammy, take, Magnesium. I mean, there's a couple things that, like, in theory, will make sense. But you're right. Like, in order to fix anything, you have to see the root cause of it. Yep. Because if not, you could be fixing something down the line. But there's, you know, you keep pulling back the layers, and there's more down there. You know. So I mean, it's, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's probably the best you could probably answer. Yeah, and and that that rolls into also something that I'm I'm sure a lot of your clients come to you for, and probably a lot of our listeners, you know, are are always looking to lose weight, right? Like weight loss is probably I don't know what percentage of your clientele is coming in to you, like to try to lose weight, or is it more about like optimize? Like they're already a players trying to optimize, or is it both? No, I mean you'd be surprised. I mean I don't, I can't give you an exact percentage. I mean last year, last year we did almost one thousand people. Um, so uh, I mean we get all kinds of stuff: fertility, we get you know patients battling with cancer, we get a lot of autoimmune. But yeah, we do get a lot of weight loss stuff. And um, I mean, it is it is something that's intimately connected with a bunch of other issues. Come, people come in with hypertension and it's like, oh, I can't get my blood pressure down. I'm like, yeah, buddy, <laughs> you're overweight. <laughs> so let's get, you know, 
So yeah, there's 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 I'd say if I had to like probably you know they come in for multiple reasons, but let's say on our intake forms, weight loss is checked off probably thirty to forty percent of the times. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big thing. A lot of people struggle with it, and it's like. Like, for example, we're brothers, the three of us. We grew up at the same house. We ate the same. We, had, we sat at the same dinner table. So either I was taking 80% of the food on the dinner table or there's some kind of like... Like uh, something different in your gene. Yeah, code. like if I... The other night I was like making a joke. I was smelling a brownie, right? And like, so, but I didn't eat it. I was just like smelling it to test myself. I smelled the brownie. The next day I, I gained a pound somehow. <laughs> By, by huffing the brownie. So, so, you know, with that said, like, is it, like, would you test, like, someone who gains weight easily and it's hard for them to lose weight? Like, are you doing, like, blood work and, and seeing, you know, maybe it's a hormone imbalance or maybe it's just something in their genetics that you have to just supplement to help, you know, help the body burn fat easier? Yeah, so, and that's, so, look, let's get really into, like, how, how would you really look into somebody's physique, right? I, I like using the word physique. That means I'm going to go into like athlete mode, hardcore designing the person. I like to say designing physique, all these things, because it gets into like more of the artistic side of things. So number one, what's your resting metabolic rate, right? So, um, so I, I like to do something called an RMR on people. So there I can, exact, I can see exactly how many calories you need to intake to stay alive on a sedentary day, on a very active day, et cetera. So I can see that exactly, right? So I guarantee you, brother, if you don't go over your calories, you're not going to gain weight, okay, if you stay under your calories. Period, right? Calories period. 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 You know, the whole weight loss thing is predicated upon that. You know, you can see all the diets and so forth, but you just got to gotta stay under, you know, in caloric deficit. Either eat less, burn them, do whatever, but you just got to stay in you know, a caloric deficit, period. That's the name of the game. So... Um, with, yeah, you can have your, your DNA makeup will, will dictate your, the tendency that your body has to put on weight. Like if you're ectomorph, mesomorph, uh, and so on and so forth. But number one is like, okay, what's his, this person's resting metabolic rate? And you can actually, um, change that. So depending on the person's hormonal profile and so on and so forth, you can help accelerate that or slow it down. Right. So when when looking at, at our clients and we're trying to adjust them like for lifelong you know even if the person comes to us for three months and then we let them go which is not too common the clients tend to stay with us but um um we want to adjust them so that you know obviously don't leave here and go eat cheeseburgers and pizza because then you know it's not gonna work but um <laughs> you know we try to adjust them so that weight doesn't come back as easily as it did before right because what is the process of, of uh, dyslipidemia and, and, and diabetes and so forth? It's metabolic dysregulation. It's a ton of inflammation that's coming over time and you're getting metabolic, metabolically dysregulated, which leads to you ultimately um, um, having a physiology and, uh, um, you know, and, and the way you look in a way that you're not going to be proud of. So, yeah, the, it... it it, 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 it behooves not only looking into the DNA, but looking into the, to the like, like I said, rest of the metabol metabolic rate, the blood, et cetera, and then adjusting the person properly. Yeah. Nice. So do you, do you believe in like, 
carnivore, keto, paleo, or calorie deficit? Like, is there anything that you like recommend to your clients one more than the other, or is it just about eating whole foods and staying in a calorie deficit? It, it, it depends. It depends on what the client's trying to do. Um, so there's the over, overarching advice that we give here. I mean, remember, here we're doing, we're looking at gut tests. We're looking at, at food sensitivities. We're looking at all this stuff. So we're doing medical management. The person's foods, we're doing, you know, resting metabolic rates for a lot of the clients. Um, and when we look at these, all these different kinds of tests, I mean, the different kinds of food strategies, the overarching advice we give is not no processed foods, right? And then if the person is trying to accomplish, you know, most of, most people are coming here trying to get that body that they really like and so on and so forth. Um, we kind of, I love fasting, but it's not something that I, I see our crew recommending a lot. Um, just because we make your body here very, very metabolically efficient. So they, you know, they need their carbs, they need their proteins and so on and so forth. Um, and many times people seeking these diets like carnivore, um, um, keto and so forth. Um, they're also doing this to get, you know, like the peptides out of the foods and the vitamins and, but we're supplementing all that. So usually, you know, I, I like to, to tell people, you know, like if you're trying to get to certain, to a certain fitness level. You know, do your 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 meals. You know, have your meals organized and, and strategized. Your calories and so on and so forth, and the least amount of processed foods possible. Yeah, processed yeah. foods a big thing. And I know you mentioned earlier about like this the nation being like castrated essentially. That brings me to a question that I have: is why do you think that our t the nation's men's test levels are as low as they are? Because every one of my friends I talk to. Oh, I got low test. I got low test. I got low test. I got low test. It's like, why is, is it? Is the food really that, uh, you know, like affect your testosterone levels? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait. Forget your testosterone levels. Look. Um, hold on. Let me remember the statistic here. So, um, one in ten cancers. One in ten cancers is actually genetically is genetic point origin. The other ones are environmentally induced. Nine are environmentally induced. Of those nine, seventy percent come from food. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Holy shit. That's a stat. That's <laughs> yeah. a stat. Yeah. So so think about that for a second. You know, so yeah, of course it's affecting your test levels. Like Dude, I got a little boy at home. I got a little 17-month-old at home. You know, I worry about his test levels, you know? Like, we, you know, his food comes from the farm, you know. He ain't got grandma, mom, you know, they're making, like, food from scratch, his bread, everything. You know, just, yeah, nowadays you really got to protect your, your hormonal levels. They're neutering you, period. Yeah, I look at, I look at like, you, you brought up your son, right? So I have three kids, and we talk about this all the time. Like, if you go into my pantry at home, it's all bad, bad stuff. Cookies, chips, like, that's what the, the kids go. I mean, we made the mistake from a young age, like, having that stuff in the house. Now they're, like, addicted to it. You know, like, they're, they really are. Like, you can see it. You can see it. When they go in, into a store or something, they gravitate right towards that packaging. You know, like, so the so sugary shit. The sugary stuff. So, like, now, like, my kids are eight, six, and three. 
So they're not like too old. Like they're they're young enough that I think we can try to change their habits now at an early age. But it's like, you know, I what I really want to do is rid all that stuff from the pantry, get all like fruits, vegetables, some healthy alternative snacks, and get them starting to to wire them to eat, you know, whole non-processed foods. But it's it's not easy, right? Like, do you ever hear of uh, some of your clients that have kids? Like, like how would I know with with your you have a young young son, right? And yeah. uh, seventeen months, so you have like this like fresh egg, fresh egg that you can, you know, like get him on the right path because you you know that stuff early. I wish I I had this mentality when my son was first born, yeah, you know, to never introduce him. Like I make it, you know, it's a rule in my house. Because I had a problem with fast food like my whole life. I guess when I was little, my I would the only thing I would eat was McDonald's. So mom would always take me there. I'd cry and scream unless she took me there, right? So my kids are not allowed. They've never been to a McDonald's. So I, I don't allow them to go. My wife doesn't bring them to fast food. That's like the one good thing I did with that. But, you know, like what can I do or what can people do out there to help, you know, help their families, you know, their kids avoid this stuff long term? Yeah, it's funny. So I had a question lined up here is because I, I saw your content like what maybe like four or five tips you could give that's pretty easy to, to, to consume things that you're doing differently that, that you're raising your kid different than the traditional raising. Could you give some, some tips there? Yeah. So, you know, lining up with what he was saying, like when he, I, I really like what he was saying, like you can see that, you know, uh, the kids are addicted to the garbage that's, you know, around the potato chips and so forth. Why? Why? There's a, there's, there's a, now another group of chemicals called excitotoxins. That's literally their name, excitotoxins. So they consume it and kids go, (laughs) their brain goes off like a pinball machine, not only kids, but adults. And these things are these they're stimulatory, they're connected with anxiety, depression, and so forth, but they're also connected with cancers, autoimmune disease, etc. So high inflammatory states. So that's your answer. There's these group of chemicals, and they're disguised under various names, like for example, natural flavors. That is one of the most nefarious terms. I talk about that term a lot, that the FDA has very poor regulation compared to other other terms. So these things harm you and harm the kids harm their thought process and so forth so as an advice you know one of the first things i would say is to eliminate that don't let them come close to that if obviously they've been exposed to it start cutting it uh for you know little by little little by little and uh nothing better than you know hardcore educating them what what that stuff is depending on how old they are and so on and so forth and then um you know, the first thing is like removing all these kinds of toxins. And then the second thing you could do, and I know this will throw some parents into a loop, but go to your local farmer, farmer's market and see what kind of foods you can make from there. Because you just, when you get there, it's like, oh shoot, it's a little harder to cook like this because you're not used mm-hmm. to it or it's harder to prepare meals because it's like, oh wow, yeah, you know, where, you know, what, what here can I just put straight in the microwave? Don't microwave your food. Microwave it as minimal as possible. Right. Um, you know, so um, a lot of it is what can you remove? And then again, not even like the Whole Foods thing, you know, Whole Foods. You guys have Whole Foods up there in Boston, right? No, oh, yeah. Super, Big yeah, time. Right, sure. 
Yeah, I know some supermarkets are. <laughs> right. So yeah, so it's like no, man, that's not. You think that's any healthier than than the other stuff? No, no, it's just better marketing. <laughs> you know, so um, um, I would say eliminate the processed foods, especially these excitotoxins for kids. Whatever there's, you know, look, I mean, and we'll spend too much time here, but look up what excitotoxins are. We actually do blood work to identify excitotoxins in people, which is crazy. You can actually show you, like, hey, look. You got red 40, yellow 6, all this stuff inside your body. But, and then um, um, go for non-processed foods. Go for farm fresh foods, whole foods, you know, um, uh, for them. And then the best, best, best thing you can do is like my mic drop advice on kids. And I want to do it. My wife is getting on my case a little bit because she doesn't want me to draw his blood. But she doesn't want me to prick him. <laughs> but I'm like, sorry. Uh, do a micronutrient test on him micronutrients or on the him or her um, from vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, like see like what are their levels of CoQ10, selenium, vitamin E, all that stuff that's so important for their development, right? Don't we talk about vitamins and prenatal vitamins and all that stuff? So yes, they need that. So um, custom supplementation for the kids is like a must. And I'm going to be adventurous enough to say, um, this is an opinion, by the way. Uh, I don't want to show up on get, get show up on some hater uh, IG channel. <laughs> <laughs> Look what he said. This is an opinion. Mm. This is not. I can't back this up. But in a personal opinion, I'm pretty sure this will affect in if you do as what I'm suggesting here: remove excitotoxin, give them whole food diets, do a custom supplementation program for the child. You will reap benefits in that child's scholastic achievement and even in his uh, professional career. Um, and there's studies showing how gluten affects SAT results, etc. So yeah, don't give your kids gluten and dairy. Jesus, don't you know that that stuff? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. That's great advice. That's that's a hot topic. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and now so what about like okay so for like the entrepreneurs that are listening for like the high performers right and who's not not in Miami, they don't really have access to, you know, to a biohacks type place. Like what can we, what can they do on a daily basis to kind of, you know, have that superhuman like protocol? Um, like, like, is there some supplements they can do? Like, what do you recommend that somebody can do like on a, on a daily basis? Like an, uh, a person who's trying to, you know, be, become their best self. Well, number one, uh, we're nationwide. So if anybody wants, oh there you to, go, yeah yeah. If anybody wants, will we'll, you just call us in twenty four to forty eight hours wherever you are? Somebody will go draw your blood. So that's and then we'll meet you on Zoom and then everything you need will be custom made and drop shipped to your front door. And then we meet you on the, our nurse practitioners every two weeks are meeting with you. You're in a group text. Our team's watching you. Our family med doc. You know that that's that. Um, so um, but. For somebody that's looking to um, optimize and they're just you know fresh in the game and so forth, um, there's some there's a, a basic group of supplements that you know a lot of people need like so vitamin D, magnesium you know those are big fish oil because like we talked about I mean the word testosterone here was, has been said a few times so for example if you're looking to optimize your testosterone where does testosterone come from testosterone comes from cholesterol. You know, cholesterol is great for you. You know, the the whole um, there's uh, I have a book here. Uh, 
Yeah. This book's great. Cholesterol's not the culprit. You know? Um, so, you know, we kill the, the whole thing. Oh, cholesterol. I could go on and on on cholesterol. So, um, give yourself good fats, right? So, you know, uh, a good amount of fish oil is very important for you to produce uh, hormones. You know, your brain runs on cholesterol. Your heart loves cholesterol, you know? Um, so, I would say fish oil, magnesium, vitamin D, you know, um, and then some supplementation, like a little bit more higher level. That's, I mean, it's proven beneficial for, you know, heart conditions, cancer conditions, you know, would be NAD. NAD is a little bit more of a fancy, fancy molecule. I'm a big fan of NAD and, you know, optimizing your mitochondria. And then if you can find a place that has like red light therapy or even hyperbaric medicine, that's insane. Like go take your phone calls inside a hyperbaric or, um, you know, get your laptop, you know, again, you can't go into too high pressures inside a hyperbaric, but, um, hyperbaric's awesome. Hyperbaric is like really, really cool. Yeah. Those are some yeah, red light therapy. I see, I see a lot of stuff on red light therapy. Yeah. The, yeah. Like even in saunas and just different places to do it. Like they sell those mats. Oh, you can get like affordable ones, and then you can get obviously get like the shit show ones that are wicked expensive. How about cold plunging? So I know you have like the coldest cold plunge on earth, right? Is that is I, that what I, it is? I have, I have an it, actual it, question about uh, the cold plunge. Hold on, we, uh, he's got a special machine. Like your your cold plunge is the coldest possible, right? Yeah, it, it, if I don't, if we don't shut it off every once in a while, it turns on. I mean, it turns into a piece of ice, and so you can't even. It's just a big piece of ice. Yeah, you, yeah, it's cold. Chilly. So what what temperature are you cold plunging at? Thirty two. Thirty two. Thirty two. God. That's freezing. Yeah. That's free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is freezing. Thirty two to thirty four. Like we keep it cycling there. It's actually right now driving me nuts because uh, I, I got to reset the thing. It went up on in the I haven't used it because it's like at thirty nine. I'm like, yeah, this for what's is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's like a warm bath for you at thirty nine. <laughs> yeah. We actually have a post. Um, I got challenged by. Um, uh, very special individual, a good friend. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Andre Orlovsky is, three times UFC ultra heavyweight champion. Oh, yeah. Russia. He's yeah. the guy in the UFC. He's still fighting. Um, he's been fighting the longest, I think, 24 years in the UFC. So tough, tough wow. guy. And he's like, let's see who could go the longest. I mean, this guy's Russian, hardcore. And I'm like, okay. So he put that thing, it's like the ice was just there and so forth. And he went five minutes at 32. I was like, no way. And then I was next. I was like, I gotta beat him. Yo, I almost died. <laughs> and mind you, this was like the fourth time in my life that I had ever done you know, cold plunging. So I stayed to five wow. and a half. The video's up on our IG. I couldn't stop shivering afterwards, which was like, it, I pushed it a little too much. Like I was like, when I got out, I was like, uh oh. It was a little too cold. Yeah, yeah, the, but, cold but the, yeah. Coldest I, the coldest I did was around 39. But then there's studies that are saying, is there a difference? Like, if you do five minutes at 42 or 39, and you do, you know, a minute at 32, is there a difference, like, in your body, like, reaction? Like, or do you get the same kind of mental benefits? No, yeah, a lot of the study, yeah, I've looked into a lot of those studies. I, honestly, I don't even um, get too much into some of those studies. I mean, because I, I think it's very inconclusive. That's why, I'm a, even me personally, like I, I go through a lot of research. I think it's very inconclusive, you know, um, the stuff I find out there. You know, I personally 
this is me being very non-scientific, non-medical. This is me just being the grunt, you know, just like wanting to go hardcore. I just, the 32 is like, it's hardcore. I like it, you know, it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> and then mentally too, it's just like, I, I honestly, I'm the, the, the health benefits that we talk about is hormesis, right? Where it's like you're shocking yourselves. Um, so, but there's no science why, like no specific science why I leave it so cold. It's just really like to, to be hardcore. That's it. You know, Navy SEAL kind of deal. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so Doc, I know you're a very busy guy. Um, so we want to be cognizant of your time and get wrapped here soon. So we have two more questions. Number one, how how important is eating organic food versus non-organic? Does that that is that into your like the reason you're saying go to farmers markets and, and eating farm fresh is that because you're looking for organic specifically whenever possible? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and then what is organic, right? I, again, always go to the what what do they define as organic? There's lots of times like I'm waiting for the day I'm going to see organic soda, you know, like they're putting organic on label, you know, if it's on in a wrapper or in a plastic bag or in a box and it says organic no it doesn't no um you know many times you know only i don't again these laws change and it's hard to keep up with all this stuff but um sometimes only 20 25 of that material needs to be sourced in some organic shape or way for it to be called organic so when i even talk about organic yes i'm talking about farm like you buy it at the farm you know um and as even then, you know, sometimes not fully organic, but yeah, as much as you can, that's absolutely, that's like, I toot that horn very much. That's super, super important. Your body was designed to consume, uh, nutrients, not chemicals. Yeah. All right. So our last question that we asked all our guests, um, and you can answer this, you know, business wise or personally, you know, like if you can give one piece of advice to our listeners, Again, whether it's about business or optimizing your health, what piece of advice that you either gotten in your life or that you can now pass on to other people that most will help you or and and uh, could help our listeners moving forward? Yeah, um, a mindset of abundance, and um, you know, always have a mindset of abundance. You know, um, and never of scarcity. And to do that, you know, it. We either live in a state of love or a state of fear. And anxiety, as we spoke about, it's just fear. Depression, it's just fear. It's phobias, it's just fear. And for you to live the life, to be that businessman, to be that father, to run the company that you wanna run, you have to run on an emotion of love that will be conducive to a life of abundance. And for that, the vehicle that's operating the whole thing, which is your spirit, mind, and body, needs to be at top vibration and frequency. So take care of your body, take care of your thoughts, and keep focused on love and abundance. And don't look the other way. Wow. wow. That that's a mic drop one. if I've ever seen one. That's probably the best one. Yeah, that was the best answer I think we've gotten. Holy that's awesome. Shit, that was good. So, Doc, thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. I feel like I was just educated like crazy. I have like like two pages of notes over here. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to catch you uh, next time we come to Miami. Dr. D, I'll be in Miami New Year's Eve. I'll text you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go. All right. I'll see you guys.